Again, we, we have a good number. Many of you have been here for every service, and I appreciate that. And I was just telling someone that at every service we've had visitors, Christians who have driven some way in some cases from many other different places have come, and that's been wonderful. That's been encouraging, and that's true again tonight. So good to have you here with us. So the focus of this lesson tonight is to teach us about heaven and to remind us why we want to be there. And so that would mean that we have to really focus on God. That's the purpose of this lesson, to focus on God, his plan to save mankind, and what it is to worship him. And so our emphasis, again, we want to think about heaven? Well, let's worship God, and that's going to help us think about heaven. All that heaven is and all that draws us to him. Some of the teaching tonight is going to be done by the way of, of scriptural songs, spiritual songs. Sometimes we might forget the fact that songs can be used to teach. Oh, we're going to be looking in the Bible too. We're looking at Bible verses. And as you see them on the screen, I hope you'll be turning there with me. And we'll look at those and we'll talk about those. And then we'll follow that up with a, a scriptural song to, I hope, reinforce what we're studying. What a blessing it is that God gave us songs. And in fact, throughout Scripture, we sing, see that songs are used to praise God and to teach and admonish. You remember Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, Let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's what we want to do tonight. That's our purpose tonight, to sing songs that praise and honor God and encourage each other to have greater faithfulness in view of heaven. We have to know and we have to be reminded sometimes that this life will not last for long, but heaven will. And I know, we already know that, but we sometimes act as though this life is all that matters. So much effort is placed on, on what will vanish away. We place a lot of effort on what this life is, what it offers. We make plans for the future as though our only future is for this 50 or 60 or 70 years. But when we talk about future as Christians, let's think beyond that. Let's think about eternity. We absorb ourselves with plans and interests of this life as though this home is forever, but it's not. Jesus was straightforward about that matter. If you have your Bibles, then you're looking with me at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we begin reading in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. A point of emphasis right there. Where is our treasure? And I want us to think about that. And you can't really determine that for me, nor can I for you. But here's what we're thinking about. Where is our treasure? Where have we made our home? 
We have great interest and even some pride sometimes when we invite someone over to our home and we want to show them around. Here's our place of abode. I get this. I understand it. But in the big picture, where is really our home? And for those who are Christians, I hope we know and I hope we understand this world is not our home. We're going to sing the first verse of this song. Are you ready? Not our home. Is that true? What is the emphasis of our life? How are we living this life? There are many in the Bible who had a view toward heaven. And they set their sights on a country that is far away. It was not fully revealed what that heavenly home would be. But God had promised them great blessings. And they loved God. And they listened to God. They obeyed him. There were those who died seeking a heavenly country. Hebrews chapter 11 is where we're going. Are you there? Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into a place which he would afterward receive as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they came out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Here are some who embraced the promises of God. They didn't know exactly what all that entailed or, or what that meant. They didn't even know what exactly the country was that God had promised, but they sought after it. And they obeyed in faith, seeing and recognizing that in this life they were but strangers and pilgrims in a foreign land. What are we seeking? Where is our home? Another familiar song. Here we are but straying pilgrims. We're going to sing the verses and then the chorus. Heaven but my Father only. Matthew 24 and verse 36. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The time will come when God will bring this world to an end. But all is not done. Then will be the judgment. And all will stand before the Lord. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. 
that each one may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether it is good or bad. There are some we might talk to who refuse to believe that this world will come to an end. Then there are others who say that judgment will come at a time and at some time and then the, the, the earth will be a perfect place to live, a blessed place to live, and that life will continue at least for some. But the Bible gives us a little different view of those things. Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3, the apostle is dealing with some questions about the end of time, uh, maybe more specifically about why there hasn't been an end or why hasn't the Lord come. And Peter's trying to deal with those questions. And what he is saying is that all that is earthly, all that earthly man has, all that he has worked for will come to an end and this earth will be burned in fervent heat. Second Peter chapter 3. Verse 7. But the heavens and the earth which now exist are kept in store by the same word, reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not desiring that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Seeing then that all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens, being on fire, will be dissolved, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? It's quite descriptive, isn't it? It gives us this picture in our mind of what God's plan is for the end of this earth. And it gives us all the more reason to consider our life, knowing that there's a day coming when this life will come to an end. Ultimately, there is a time, there is a day where this earth as we know it will come to an end. And we look for that day with some expectation. We consider this life and understand and know that it's just for a while. Even this earth is just for a while. Heaven, on the other hand, is forever. Heaven is forever. And for the child of God, for the disciple of Christ, for the Christian, the end of this life and the end of this earth is nothing to be feared, but instead looked for with great anticipation. When this journey is over, then comes the end, the morning of joy. There's another song, very familiar song to us, in the morning of joy that we will sing. Again, we're going to sing all three verses and then the chorus. God is there. And we will not want to be anywhere else. God is there. Just the fact that Jesus is there and the Father is there and his Spirit is present is reason enough 
to want to be in heaven. Chapter 21, beginning verse 2. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a loud voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. How many times in Scripture, throughout the Old Testament, when God is speaking to His chosen people and teaching them, He says, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, like this is what God wanted. A people to call His own. A people who would seek Him and serve Him. And he, in turn, would be the God of these people. And in heaven, we see the end result of that. Where for eternity, he is our God, and we will be his people. Heaven is a place for those who are the people of God. That's what heaven is. Those who are seeking him, as the Hebrew writer said, those of faith, those who diligently seek him. Are we looking for God? Are we looking to to understand his will, to be his people so that he might be our God? God is there. When we think of heaven's glory, what makes it most glorious is God is there. That is the point of emphasis. Won't it be wonderful there? Because that's where God is. The song is, won't it be wonderful there? We're singing verses 1 and 2. Where God is at. And that's where those who are his people are at. In heaven. The trials and difficulties of this life will be no more. They will be over. In this life, many have suffered. In this life, we have all faced times of trial. Maybe we've seen persecution. There is sickness for sure. There is pain and there is death. These difficulties are not forever. For those who are the people of God, these are gone. These go away inside the gates of heaven. In the Revelation again, chapter 21 and verse 4. And God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. And there shall be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. Chapter 22 and verse 5. And there shall be no more night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun. For the Lord God gives them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. Can you imagine? 
And, and it's, it's hard for us to imagine because we've not been there. We've not experienced what is being described to us about heaven. No more sickness, no sadness, no decaying of the physical body. No more. And no more night. There's no hunger. And there will be no fears. And the tears of this life will be wiped away as we bask in the light of the Son of God. There is no night there. Let's sing together. We'll sing all three verses and then the chorus. It's made for us. It's hard to imagine. Heaven will be where the saints are gathered. John was able to see in a vision what we've not seen yet. And he saw the great number of saints worshiping, the angelic beings, those who were there around the throne of God. And he got a glimpse of what heaven is. Heaven is the home for those who are washed by the blood of Jesus. There's no sin in heaven. There's no place for that there because God is there. God cannot be in the presence of sin. Heaven is for those whose sins have been washed away. Revelation chapter 7, verse 14. These are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. This is the promise of God. This was the revelation that the Lord was giving to us through, through John. And it is very much a statement of hope to those who are washed in the blood. And it gives us the right to enter that heavenly land, that home that was built on high by our Lord. When he left his closest disciples because he had to go prepare for them, for us, a home in heaven for those who have been his people, for those who have been obedient to him. Heaven is not the home for those who made the choice to reject God. For those who have made the choice to live in sin, heaven is not the home for those living in sin. Heaven is not a place for those who have not accepted salvation that's found in Jesus Christ. Those who have not been washed by the blood of Jesus. It is a beautiful home to those who have been made pure, sins forgiven, or in a figure, those whose robes have been made white by the washing of the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 1 and beginning in verse 4. John to the seven churches which are in Asia grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood to be cleansed 
to be made pure, to be free from sin. We can be cleansed by no other means than by the blood of Jesus Christ. Baptism brings us there. In Romans chapter 6, in Romans chapter 6, the apostle is speaking to those who were already saints in Jesus Christ. And it's almost as though he's reminding them of here is what you have done. He's reminding them here is what you have because of your obedience in Christ. Here is what your faith has led you to do. Chapter 6, verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we who were buried with him by baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. That's the promise. That's the promise that is made. Verse 5, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. There will come a day. There will come a day when we stand before the Lord, as we've seen already, for judgment to come. And there will come a day when we will understand the resurrection that he's seen. And why do you wait? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Ananias said to Saul of Tarsus, Heaven is beautiful because that is where the saved will be. Those who are in like precious faith, those who have listened to the will and the word of God, who have been moved by it. In heaven will be those who love God, who want to be in heaven because that's where God is. Heaven is a beautiful place, but it's not about the grandeur and the glory of the place. It's about God. What a beautiful place heaven will be. If we might sing together. Beautiful. Verses 1 and 2. Singing about. To gather us there. As we sing to one another, we encourage one another. As we sing to God, saying, gather us there. That's the place we want to be. That's what we want to be, our home. We want to be in heaven. Robes, beautiful robes. Why are the robes beautiful? They are washed white. Our sins are no more. Our sins are washed away and we anxiously wait our home in heaven we have to prepare for that day because this life is short soon this life will be no more but heaven is for eternity heaven is truly forever and if we are not prepared to face the Lord in judgment heaven will not be our home now is the time to get ready. Are you ready for that day? Can you truly, can you honestly look forward to heaven? Are you ready for that day?
And so our call to you, our plea to you, if you are outside of Christ, why are you waiting? Why would you delay if your life comes to an end now and you have not prepared for the day? Heaven will not be your home. Are you ready for the day? We anxiously wait our home in heaven. And that day will be a great day. And we try to imagine the, the Christian's welcome home and what a sweet day that will be. I trust you're ready for that day, and if you're not, can we help you some way to be made right in the eyes of God? Andy's going to lead us in this song as we close. The Christians welcome home. Would you stand together as we sing? How sweet will be the I hope that has you thinking about heaven. Not just now but every day thinking about heaven and what we can have and what we can share together. It's been wonderful to be with you this week. Sandra and I have enjoyed so much being able to be here with you and getting to meet you and get to know you. And we've enjoyed being able to spend time with so many of you. That's been great. And the week has gone by so fast. Why are meetings like that? They just, it seems like it goes fast. It's a hard week, I realize, for, for all. It's just a busy week. It's, it's full days and sometimes short nights. But it's a good week, and I hope that as this week ends, we, we feel encouraged and energized and ready and prepared for our Christian walk day by day. Sure been good to be with Andy and Melina. We love them a lot. Good folks. I'm glad they're here. I, I hate we're so far apart. We used to see each other some in North Carolina. But they're here and we're in South Carolina. We're farther apart. Thank you for the opportunity of us being able to spend some time together with them. We've enjoyed that so much. Look forward to seeing you again. If not here, on the other side. <laughs>